Welcome to Tough Talk Christian Radio. Tough Talk Christian Radio is for those who want to share and receive expressions of faith that will help take you to the next step in your relationship with Christ. Tough Talk Christian Radio is brought to you by the Tough Talk Radio Network. Now here's your host, Tony Gambone. All right. Welcome to the show. My name is Tony Gambone, and I apologize for that feedback there in the beginning. Seems like Satan will dig his way in if he can, and uh, the Internet's just been a little crazy the last couple of weeks, probably about a month now. I've been struggling with the different things, but it won't stop me from doing my show because, well, the fact is I just love doing the radio. Love doing Tough Talk Christian Radio to find out more about other people. Today's show is titled The Gift of Eternal Life, and I think you're going to find a very interesting guest today, Merle Temple, who is a native of Tupelo, Mississippi, and uh, we're going to get him up here on the show shortly. But in the meantime, I want to talk a little bit to you about what's going on in in our world here at the uh, Tough Talk Christian Radio Center here at Tough Talk Radio Network. You know, it's been uh, on my mind for a couple of weeks now. I've been talking about the uh, the process of a Bible study I did through Andy Stanley about building guardrails on your highway. And, uh, you know, it's basically something I learned about the highway to heaven, and then I started thinking about it. And there's so many different roads that we're on, building guardrails to keep us on the straight and narrow, whether you're an entrepreneur, an executive, Someone that has to work from home now. Someone that's out of work now. I mean, there's all kinds of struggles going on in our world. Then if you turn on the TV, it gets worse, right? Uh, We have politics going on. We just have a whole bunch of stuff going on, but you don't see too much advertisement of God. And uh, unfortunately, uh, that's what we're here for, is to live our lives in a fashion that others could see the life to follow what we're doing or inquire what it is and where it is, we get strength to continue through the everyday muck that we have to swim through in this today's world. And so I talk about those guardrails and, you know, uh, whether you're, you know, just finding the Lord, trying to refine the Lord, or you're trying to stay on the track of the Lord, it's real easy to veer off into them fields, just like the feedback and the problems I've been having in my radio shows for the last uh, three, four weeks now. It's easy to quit. It's easy to give up. But then a day comes where you want to get back on that road again. You got to find your way back through that field. You got to get yourself on that road, motivate yourself to stay on a positive direction to get to the right speed to stay up with the traffic and to keep moving forward to get to your destination. Well, I can tell you every time you veer off into that field and get lost, it's harder to get back than it's harder to get motivated. And today, you know, in today's world with COVID and the different things going on in the world, and well, it's just sad. I think it's very sad that uh, that we've taken a lot of things out of our lives that are needed. Okay, and uh, some people will say it's no one has Jesus in their lives, and I don't disagree with that. Some people say there's too much Jesus in their lives. I might disagree with that, but the fact of the matter is you got to take a leap of faith, right? You have to believe in something. You can't just keep going face-to-face with your neighbors. You can't keep veering off into a field trying to get yourself back and be on the right path. You can't let Satan jump in your way, steal your joy. So I hope that everyone out there, if you've never 
went on YouTube and looked up Andy Stanley uh, Bible study with just put type in guardrails it'll come up. Maybe it's something you need to listen to today. If you've heard it before, maybe it's something you need to remind yourself of. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, check out Andy Stanley on YouTube and type in guardrails when it comes up in the search and listen to that process and, and sit down and talk to someone and see what they get out of it and see what you get out of it and have a conversation. And if you just take that 30 minutes to 60 minutes out of your day, just today, it might make a big difference in the rest of your week. And who knows what that could do for you or your family, coworkers. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, it's hard for me to say, but I can tell you, I would love to hear your feedback. You can always call into the show at 347-989-1363. You can email me at info at Tough Talk Radio Network. Hey, if you want to be a guest on the show, you want to share the miracle that's happened in your life, what Jesus is doing in your world, what what might have taken place that you still don't understand? Give us a give us a, 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 an email. Shoot us an email. At info at Tough Talk Radio Network. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I'd love to get you up on the show. Okay, as I mentioned before, Merle Temple is a native of Tupelo, where he lives with his wife Judy. He received two degrees at Ole Miss, and is the author of the Michael Parker series. Uh, There's a whole bunch of them. There's Deputy Once Upon a Time in Mississippi, Blood on the Ground, Living in Line in Nod, A Ghostly Shade of Pale, A Rented World, and A Redeemed Leap of Faith. So he's received many awards in his life, and he's met the rich and powerful, but none of that has compared to what the day he met Jesus. That's right, he met Jesus. Now, it sounds like he might have... uh, might have taken a little trip away from this here exotic world we live in and came back again, but he's going to share his story. And, you know, I've been through a process in my day, my time, in my early 20s where I was in the hospital and thought I was a goner and couldn't explain what I'd seen while I was gone. So I'm real excited about getting our guest up today because so many people experience things. And when you hear about them, it'll allow you to make sure that you know there's more to what it is that we're dealing with on a daily basis. So without wasting any time, Merle Temple, welcome to the show. Hey, Tony. Glad to be here. Uh, you know, uh, I, I just like, before we get started, Merle, for, I know I've said Tupelo, Mississippi. Tell people where you're from originally, where you're calling in from today. Hey, I was born in Tupelo uh, in uh, April of 1948. And uh, the joke is that just a few months after I was born in 1948, Bernie and Gladys packed up Bull Elvis and moved to Memphis. They decided Tupelo just wasn't big enough to hold both of us. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I came, I've lived everywhere all around, and then I came back here. Uh, in my second marriage, my first wife passed away, and I came home and uh, and uh, this is where I'll stay, God willing, until uh, he calls me to my eternal home. Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, I lived in South Haven, Mississippi. Uh, actually, I worked 20 years in the gaming industry, and I opened up casinos in Tunica, Mississippi. Lived in South Haven and spent a lot of time in Memphis. That's uh, a great area there. And actually, I was just back there for a wedding about uh, – seven, eight months ago, and I stayed in Memphis, and the wedding was in Tupelo. 
crazy that might seem. But well, anyway. small world. Yeah. Well, well you know yeah. where Horn Lake is. You know where Horn Lake is. It's just just yes, south sir. of South Haven. And uh, back in the 70s, when there was nothing at Horn Lake, because everything there you could want now, and it's all that area just grown up tremendously in the last what, 40 years and or so. But but I was uh, there was nothing at the Horn Lake exit off the interstate except a, um, a small abandoned golf service station, and that's where I was lured out to be assassinated by uh, two contract killers, you know, hired by uh, the Dixie Mafia. And we had hit a stronghold of theirs. Um, uh, they had moved into DeSoto County, which is that county there south of Memphis, or South Haven and Horn Lake, and some other small places were back then. And they had moved in there, took over that whole county, and um, uh, kind of had the idea of, of turning it into something like Bugsy Siegel had the idea for Las Vegas. And uh, so we, I got involved in the middle of that as an investigator then with uh, the Mississippi Bureau of Narcotics and uh, later became their first captain and over the north half of the state. And and um, a lot of things happened to me in my life, but that was one of them. Uh, I was held hostage working undercover uh, in South Mississippi where at midnight no one knew where I was. And they had guns on me. They decided to rob me rather than sell heroin to me. And uh, and they held guns on me at midnight while they debated where to bury my body as a guy sitting across from me. Uh, I know it sounds strange and bizarre, but it's true. He 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 bit into the old double-edged Gillette razor blades. If you remember those, you dropped into those uh, razors. You screwed closed. And uh, yes, those times you just cut your finger off. Well, he bit into it and uh, chewed it, swallowed it, and blood gushed out of his mouth and uh, oozed between his teeth. And uh, and then he swallowed fire from a whole box of long stem kitchen matches. And my whole life flashed before my eyes, and I knew I was, I thought I was going to die. And I did something I didn't do very often. I prayed. And uh, I was kind of a, a nominal Christian then. You know, just engaged in full works-based salvation mode and thinking if I could be just as good as I could be, you know, in my life, maybe I'd squeak in into heaven one day. And, and of course, it doesn't work that way. And uh, But uh, the Lord brought me through that. It's all in the books. And then, and then uh, there was a day when I was a supervisor and, in North Mississippi, here in Tupelo, working out of Tupelo at that time, and we were doing heroin deals um, with some people down in the Golden Triangle area of Columbus and Starkville and West Point, where Mississippi State is, and Mississippi University for Women, and they were creating a, uh, an addict population by flooding the area with high-grade heroin. They would get people addicted, and then they would come back in behind that and cut the purity uh, way down and drive their profits up. So we had made some, the agents under me had made some buys from them. And um, uh, so we decided to do a, a, a large deal for a lot of money. Money, we just couldn't let that much money walk away. Uh, but we hoped to draw out maybe some of their backers who wouldn't trust them with that much product. And so I was going to meet the agents to set up the parameters of the deal uh, down that way. 
And when I came out of um, out of my office in Tupelo next to the federal building, um, running late as always, I jumped in my car, cranked up, and as I put my hand on the gear shift, uh, Tony, um, spirit filled up my car. I mean, I didn't know what that was then. I had no experience with anything like that. And it was the strangest thing that probably had ever happened to me. And it was all around me, all through me, all in me, and very clearly said to me, go back and get the bulletproof vest. And then it was gone. And I'm looking around like, what was that? Uh, uh, you know, they just didn't like to wear vests. Everybody does now, but back then, uh, this was in 76, no one wore vests. We had two for the north half of the state, and no one wore them. They were very lightweight, had no armor in them, might stop a small handgun. and uh, But nobody wore them, especially undercover. And uh, so I, I was thinking, what, where is that? I, I'm losing my mind. I've been working too hard. So I put my hand back on the gear shift. Spirit filled up my car again, and it wasn't optional. Get those vests. And I, out loud, I looked up around. I said, okay, okay. And so I went back to, I got the vest. And the agents didn't really want to wear them. I said, don't humor me. Don't ask me why. They weren't ready to hear it. I wasn't ready to hear it. And so long story short, I told them to keep it in town in Columbus where we'd have some buildings to kind of hide behind on surveillance. It's tough when you get out in the countryside and, uh, you know, and you can see a long ways off and the other the bad guys say, who are those guys down there, you know, following us. And so, uh, but the deal got away from them. And the guy they met downtown lured them out into the country, and they went down this long road and up on this high levee uh, road on either, deep depressions on either side leading off in the swamp. And it was a dark day, and, and uh, this storm had moved in. And there were clouds like I had never seen before, Tony. Faces forming and reforming in the sky. You know, it, it was so eerie. It just make your hair stand up on the back of your neck. And uh, there was a railroad running through that depression, and, where I, and it joined in with the levee road. And so there was a railroad trestle there in the low uh, depression. And uh, right where the railroad joined into the levee road, there was a clump of pine trees, and that's where they had the sniper planted. And so we're laying back and listening on body transmitters, which were right on the fringe of the range. We had to stay far, so far back on either side of the agents doing a deal. And uh, it was cutting in and out. I was chopping, and I was very nervous, as you can might imagine, after my experience in the car. And... Uh, and uh, we heard him say, you know, that looks good, and it would cut out. Yeah, you know, uh, just fragments of the, of the conversation and and the, um, the discussing the sale. And so, and then it cut off, and then it cut back on suddenly. And we, we hear, ta 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 And then the radios are up, and the other agents said, Merle, they're taking fire. And uh, so the chief of intelligence and I come across the levee, and it's just uh, like the intersection, the 
between heaven and hell. It's a, you know, there was gun smoke hanging in the frigid air in the late November, and uh, uh, we were caught in a crossfire, and we were disoriented, and people were yelling at us on the radio to take cover, and um, and then the female agent radioed me, who was with a male agent doing the deal, and said, Merle Jerry is is hit bad. I'm taking him to the hospital. She leaves the hospital, and uh, the gun battle continues. Finally, I think they, the other guys have retreated into the swamp in order about to stop shooting at shadows. And uh, I recover the money. It's just blowing down the hillside, Tony, in slow motion, thousands of dollars, just blowing down the hillside. And as I got out and walked down the hill, I just knew they were gone. I knew God was protecting me, even though... Uh, he really had, hadn't subdued me at that time. The Hound of Heaven was still pursuing me and preparing me. And I recovered the money, even though people were yelling me to get down. I left the uh, crime scene uh, in charge of the chief of intelligence and told him I was going to the hospital because she had wounded one of the violators the agent had, and I knew I wanted to check on the agent. So I met. I went in, and I met the first responders coming out to our call for backup. And uh, I got to the hospital and saw the female agent. She was 21. She looked about like she was 81, all hunched over, just shot her first person and seen her partner hit three times. I arrested the violator she had wounded who came there for treatment. I walked into the ER, and they were cutting the clothes off of my friend uh, on the table, and then they were cutting off the white bulletproof vest that God has sent me back for. Sorry, mm. still gets me. It's 40-something years, still gets me. And uh, that white vest was now crimson-soaked in blood. And uh, the doctor had his hands up in the entry wound in the chest, and he said, Merle, look at this. He said one round hit him low in the lower extremities, one slice through his right arm. And he said, this one hit him right in the chest. He said, but Merle, he said, it penetrated the vest because it, it wasn't designed to stop a high-powered rifle. So it penetrated the vest, but it deflected it. And it went in behind his right breast, skittered around a barrel of his rib cage, and popped out behind his left breast. And he said, Merle, he said, if he hadn't had that vest on, it would have taken out his heart and lungs. He'd been dead before he hit the ground. Still got wow. chill bumps telling the story, and I'm telling you, Tony, you could hear and feel the shuffle of angels' feet around us in that ER. And I knew then I didn't understand it, and I was afraid of it for some reason. But I knew that I was not alone, and we were not alone. That there is a God, and uh, you know that uh, for some reason, you know, He was watching over me or over us, and. Uh, he had intervened. It had been divine intervention. And uh, so those are the kind of things that have happened to me in my life. You know, I battled corruption, too, uh, from the governor's office, who didn't like me, to the White House, where they didn't like me. And uh, I paid a heavy price for it at times. And, uh, you know, but it's, uh, as I tell people, it's all great fodder for a novelist in his old age. And that was my promise to God that I would write these books to tell my story and his story 
of second chances and redemption. And uh, so I thought my friends and family, Tony, would buy a few copies, and you know, and uh, I'd get to say I was an author, and that'd be about the end of it. But lo and behold, uh, schools found them, and then uh, one day, Criminal Minds in Hollywood, the long-running TV show that just ended. I uh, was on for so long. Uh, they called. They'd read Ghost of Shader Pale and said, come to Hollywood. You're a great writer. We want to represent you. And so uh, we're, we're loaded, we loaded up the car, and uh, like the Beverly Hillbillies, uh, you know, we went out to Hollywood, and, uh, and we were riding through Beverly Hills, gawking at all the uh, iconic images out there. And I looked at my wife, and I said, Judy, I said, we are the Beverly Hillbillies. And, uh, and did radio and TV interviews out there at KKLA, the largest Christian station, radio station in America, and some other things. Did books, big book signings, met the cast, made, you know, movie stars, swimming pools, I can say, on Beverly Hillbillies, all that. And uh, a lot of non-believers were wow, We met some believers who live out there in the midst of all that madness in California who would just humble you. Their faith was so strong. You know, we grew stronger just by being around them because in the Bible Belt, you know, it's not so tough to be uh, to be a believer. But in places like that, you know, it's uh, it's a different world. So we've uh, been here and there, and uh, and uh, God gave me a meeting with um, uh, the guy who really helped me fully understand, like nobody else did. Uh, uh, um, what my worldview really was about, and uh, brought me so so much so deep into the the word and understanding it, which was Ravi Zacharias. His wife Margie uh, read my first book and she called me to Atlanta because Ravi stayed on the road. Then he's passed away now recently, but he he stayed on the road 200 plus days a year, and so I had a private two-hour lunch with Ravi, which is just unheard of. And uh, but that was again God being good to me. He was one of two people I wanted to meet before I died. And and then uh, the vicar of Baghdad, Kenneth Andrew White. I got an email from from Jerusalem one day. There he is at the Chaffee Gate holding up the redeemed. You know, and I'm thinking only God can do these things. And he just and I tell people I don't know why he loves me so much. You know, but uh, I'm sure I'm glad he does. Well, you know, unfortunately, we're running out of time here, Merle, and the story that you've told is incredible. Uh, I mean, it it really is, and the fact that you put it in books and told your story and experience an experience that you had, and the writing of the story, I'm sure, has helped you understand the value of the experiences that you had. But, I mean, what a great story. I, I wish we had more time to go deeper into it. We're going to have to have you back on the show. I want to make sure everybody knows how to get in touch with you. Can you give them uh, contact information? Sure. Yeah, if, they, they can, uh, if they want to get signed books, they can go to merletemple.com. That's M-E-R-L-E-T-E-M-P-L-E.com. Uh, or they can go to Amazon and get them. They can get print books and e-books Kindle for Kindle there. Um, and, uh, you know, if they would like to friend me on Facebook, I'm there under Merle Temple. And um, uh, we have a lot of followers uh, all around the country and around the world that we witness to uh, through Facebook. Social media can be bad at times, but it also is a great uh, platform 
uh, to proclaim, proclaim the gospel from. And, uh, and uh, so uh, I just got uh, word from a prisoner who Robbie had wanted me to help, uh, who was falsely convicted, we believe, and he's uh, near 80 now, I think, 70, 89. And he got books that we shipped, and the inmates are already asking for them. And we get letters from inmates all over, uh, and and people who are not inmates, uh, kids in schools, people who hear me on the radio or TV, and uh, they write me at Merle Temple at BellSouth.net, Merle Temple at BellSouth.net, to tell me how something I said. Uh, you know, change their lives, or the books change their lives, and uh, so that's what it's all about, Tony. I'm getting along in the tooth now, and and we're just going to keep on keeping on as long as the Lord allows me. Well, it surely is a pleasure to hear your story and to see that it still runs through you like the day it happened, and I understand that process. There's uh, been some things that have happened in my lifetime, and you know, that I I couldn't figure out what God was saving me for, but it seems as though everything we do in life has some type of something that could help somebody else. And he blessed you with experiences that most people wouldn't want to go through, but I'll bet you wouldn't have changed it for the world. So once again, thanks for spending time with us today. I apologize we're out of time. Time goes really fast on the show. But uh, we look forward to to hearing more about you and staying in touch touch with you. If you're out there, make sure to go to MerleTemple.com. Check them out. Check them out on Facebook. I was looking at Robbie when I seen it. It was your mentor. Uh, I looked him up as well on Google. Some great stuff. Once again, thank you so much, Merle, for taking time out to bless us with your story today. Thank you, Tony. Have a good day. All right, folks, we're going to take a real short break and then wrap up the show. We'll be right back. Do you know a family fighting cancer? The Jest Foundation nonprofit was founded right here in Katy, Texas, by cancer survivor Michelle Perzan, whose vision is to assist those currently fighting by providing grants to help support family needs, whether spiritually, emotionally, or financially. Michelle and her family know all too well that there comes a time when the day-to-day needs we take for granted become impossible. Just Foundation has been able to bless 100% of the applications submitted, and now they need your help. Find out more by going to JustFoundation.org. All right, welcome back to Tough Talk Christian Radio. My name is Tony Gambone, and we just spent some time with Merle Temple out of Tupelo, Mississippi. Uh, Merle has uh, shared with us his journey from working in the FBI all the way to becoming an author and, well, uh, a figure in Hollywood as well. They've done a lot of things with his publications of his stories. So check them out at MerleTemple.com. Um, we're going to be – I apologize. We're out of time, so we couldn't do some of the things we want to do today. But it was worth giving Merle the time to t- share his story and what God has done in his life. We'll be back next week here on Tough Talk Radio Network. So join in every Wednesday to Tough Talk Christian Radio. My name is Tony Gambone. I hope everyone has a blessed week.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.